a Podcast One production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast in which every week we choose something that is going on in the world, a situation, and then we break it down and make it really easy to understand. We try to choose something of interest, um, something that's politically interesting, that's quite controversial. And this man, Dr. Keith Souter, who is, you know, renowned in terms of his ability to break these things down, your knowledge about international affairs, Keith, you've got three PhDs on the issues, and we've been working together for a number of years in television. You've also just been a commentator in Australian media for decades on all this sort of stuff, and you just know it inside out. I can throw anything at you. You'll come <laughs> through with the goods. So this week it's, well, again, controversial, but not probably so much because of the George Pell stuff that's happened mm. last few years, but the Vatican is under fire again. More scandals, Keith. That's right. It reads like something out of a Dan Brown no- novel. So let me just deal with Cardinal Pell because that's where it began from the Australian angle. So Cardinal Pell was appointed by the Pope to investigate Vatican finances. So the Vatican is an independent international entity. So in international law terms, it's a bit like Australia or New Zealand or the United States. So it it stands alone and um, it operates with um, a budget of several millions of dollars. So it's... Um, I think uh, this current budget shows that it'll be, in Australian dollar terms, about half a billion dollars. So that it's a standalone country. So, for example, when I was in Rome at the Vatican a couple of years ago, I could walk across the street and go from one country to another. So you go from Italy and you go into the Vatican. Now, in the same way that an ordinary individual like myself can do that or a tourist, so can money. And so... For many years, there have been various financial scandals at the Vatican. Now, of course, most people, when they think of the Vatican, they think of the uh, scandals against children, and that is certainly a major issue. But there is also running on for decades now this concern that if you can move from Italy into the Vatican, you can send your money literally overseas by walking across the street and going into the Vatican. So when... um, uh, Benedict and Francis were spending time as popes, they decided to try to investigate exactly what was going on with all of this money. The Vatican has been under uh, pressure from various European money laundering agencies to try to track down uh, what has been going on with the, the money. So the Pope decided to appoint Cardinal Pell from Australia uh, to come in and investigate what was going on. And Pell then said, oh, we need to bring in a team of outside auditors just to follow the money, just to find out what exactly has been happening with all the money that has been flowing through the Vatican accounts. Coincidentally, quite separately, there is an investigation into allegations regarding Cardinal Pell and implications regarding children. So that takes us back to the sex scandal. So suddenly... Uh, Pell has to leave the Vatican and then has to return to Australia to go on trial and, of course, was uh, found guilty by the lower courts of um, uh, certain crimes against uh, young boys. He then went on appeal and ultimately that allegation uh, and sentence were quashed and so Pell is now a free person and Pell has now returned to the Vatican. 
What is interesting is, uh, as we speak, Italian newspapers are carrying out investigations about Vatican finances. And as they do so, they claim that there is investigation, that investigations have shown that some money has flowed from the Vatican into Australia around the time of the Cardinal Pell uh, court cases. Now, Cardinal Pell's defence team have not received any money from the Vatican. And indeed, as we'll look at later, it's unlikely that Cardinal Betchew, who's at the centre of this current allegation, uh, it's unlikely he would have helped Pell. He hated Pell. Did it perhaps go to some of the witnesses involved? We just don't know. So suddenly in the Italian media, there is this discussion of Cardinal Pell. So Pell is basically collateral damage. <laughs> He's not the centre of all of this. So the, the, the current concern, and there are previous ones involving murders, which we'll need to look at a little later in this program, but the current concern is a Cardinal uh, by the name of Betchew. Now, Cardinal Betchew, um, who's uh, recently been demoted but retains the title of Cardinal but doesn't have administrative duties, uh, Betchew was in charge of the Vatican's finances. So it was Pell who was trying to investigate the work of Cardinal Betchew. And so Cardinal Betchew um, was the one who was resisting Pell's saying we've got to have auditors brought in, et cetera, and then suddenly Pell has to go back to Australia. So Cardinal Betchew is the, now the focus of attention. So Cardinal Betchew has uh, been accused of misspending the Vatican's, uh, what's called uh, Peter's Pence Fund. So this is a fund, Peter's Pence Fund, goes back over a 1,000 years. So it started in England, whereby ordinary, what we would now call Catholic parishioners, uh, would collect money to send directly to the Pope in Rome. So it's a 1,000-year-old charity system, and it's to be used by the Pope at his discretion to help people in need. The allegation is that that fund is now being used for investment purposes and to help the Vatican balance its budget. It's not going down to the people in need. It's being used for other financial activities. So then investigating what's going on with the Peter Pence Fund uh, has taken this then through to real estate investments in West London, a very high-class speculation project, which didn't make any money for the Vatican but made a lot of money for developers and their consultants, and also loans that have been made by Cardinal Betchew to his brothers. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, he's a Sicilian, and we've got all these allegations about mafia and yeah. how the Sicilians behave. So could I just, just for context, Keith, do you have sort of, can you explain for us the vast wealth that the, that the Vatican has, that the Catholic Church has, the, the, the real estate holdings, money, how deep are their pockets? They have uh, the assets, according to one assessment, would have about four billion euros. That's about six and a half billion Australian dollars. And all around the world, obviously. Well, that's the problem because they don't own property around the world. The Catholic Church does, but not the Vatican. So we're talking about a piece, a very small piece of territory with a population of 825 people. That is the Vatican. And they've got $6.5 billion worth of assets. And they've accumulated over, well, they've been going for 1,700 years, don't forget. <laughs> and then, of course, but then how is the Catholic Church separate? Excuse my ignorance, but I don't know. How yeah. is the Catholic Church separate to the Vatican? 
Well, the Vatican is, if you like, the head office, mm. but then you've got different components of it. There's an old joke in Catholic terms. You've got to be a Catholic to make sense of it. Uh, there are three things the Pope doesn't know. One is what the Jesuits are thinking. They're the intellectuals. The Jesuits. The Jesuits. The current Pope is a Jesuit. So they're the troublemakers. They're the ones who think. Um, how many orders of nuns there are? And thirdly, where do the Franciscans keep their money? <laughs> and the Franciscans were the ones who used to sail with the Portuguese and Spanish sailors around the world, hence San Francisco. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so you've got all these references to the Blessed St. Francis because it's a Franciscan order that put the chaplains on board all of those ships that went sailing around the world. So you've got what the Jesuits are thinking, uh, how many orders of nuns there are. It, it's interesting. There's a lot of interest that, in a program called The Crown yes. on Netflix. What do you, because you haven't seen it, have you, along with Well, I'm getting person. all sorts of clips because people are saying to me, you know, what do you think of this, what do you think of this, and, you know, and what, what, what would my family, because we work on the royal estate, what would they be thinking? In that, there's a marvellous portrayal of Princess Alice. So Princess Alice is the Queen's mother-in-law, was the Queen's mother-in-law, the mother of the Duke of Edinburgh. Mm. And she set up her own order of nuns. Now, as it happens, it was her order. That was, as I say, that's another thing that people don't know. How many orders of nuns are? That was now, more she's not very, a Catholic. Sorry, and just to give context to people who have seen The Crown, it's yeah. in the first series and it's in that town, isn't it? It's in Greece and they it's show, in, and she's a little bit, they show her as someone who's a bit crazy. Well, that's what some people are. She, she's an, I, I view the thing, the, the reason I, I would endorse The Crown is because of the portrayal of Alice, who gets very neglected because there is this hint about mental health issues. You know, we, we can't talk about Prince mm. John, for example. Nobody mentions Prince John. So the, what the, the TV program is good, it brings out what a great person she was, but she created her own order of nonsense, not for the Catholic Church, but for the Greek Orthodox, and she's actually buried in Jerusalem. And, and she rescued Jews during World War II. She was, she was a fantastic person. Wow. But I'm just simply saying that you get all these orders of nuns being created around the world, be it in the Orthodox Church or the Roman Church. And then thirdly, the Pope doesn't know where the Franciscans keep all their money because they've got all this real estate around the world. <laughs> so is this, I know this is going a little bit of topics. So one, one quick question though. Then here you've got the Catholic Church and then you've got the sort of, Catholics that are not necessarily associated with, like in terms of schooling and things yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So they're separate again. The Catholic Church in Australia is Australia's largest single employer. Whoa. Because of all the schools, the hospitals, etc. Okay. Yeah. And they do they are they tied to the Vatican? Well, none of that goes to the Vatican. Okay. Right? So the Vatican is a standalone entity, and within Australia, you've got a number of standalone entities. Remember, you've got different orders. You've got the Jesuits and they run their own affairs. You've got the Franciscans and all the rest of it. So they're all running their own affairs. So it makes it very difficult mm. to sue the Catholic Church, unlike, say, BHP or another big corporation, which has one corporate head office, one consolidated set of accounts. Are these largely, all these parts of the Catholic Church, uh, somewhat united? Well, you would hope like they are. They're all supposed yeah. to be united okay. and the job of the Pope is to set the overall sense of direction. But he's trying to modernise the church and you've got a lot of conservatives who disapprove of what he's about.
This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're getting to the bottom today of an issue, another issue. Well, there's been quite a few really with the Vatican, let's be honest. This is financial, but it's, I mean, there's the sex scandals, which seem to have been going on now for years and years. You know, that wonderful, I mean, I bet you didn't see it, but that wonderful movie Spotlight. Exactly. Yep. Oh, you did? did I did. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, You know, that, that uncovered a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. That really got people thinking about it as well. Um, especially because of the accolades it, it got. Uh, and then you got the, you've got you obviously had the Cardinal Pell stuff here in Australia mm. and, uh, you know, the Royal Commission into, yep. you know, uh, sexual abuse of children within institutions. So that's shone a light on that sort of stuff as well. Keith, this latest scandal that you're talking about, though, I mean, it just shows the deep-seatedness of the nature of deceit in the Catholic Church, surely. Yeah. And, and, and. Uh, my argument is that the Vatican has what the police would call form. In other words, that yes, you've got this current financial scandal, which the Italian and European money laundering people are investigating. But uh, you can go back further. Remember the essence of being able to move money into the Vatican and then it's, over, it's overseas. You can't get at it if you're an Italian police officer. In 1982, God's banker, Roberto Calvi, uh, was found hanging under Blackfriars Bridge, which is in the city of London. His bank, Banco Ambrosiano, was collapsing and the Vatican Bank had been an important client of that bank. So I was in London at that time and so uh, and, and had to be in the city. So I thought I'd just go along and have a look at Blackfriars Bridge. So Calvi was found hanging under the bridge. I couldn't work out how on earth he got there. He was supposed to be afraid of heights, so he would be scared to death, so to speak, of climbing down there to hang himself under the scaffolding, under the bridge. So that didn't make sense. But then if you'd murdered him and then brought the body to hang under the bridge, you would have been spotted by people in the street or by the uh, marine police that patrol the Thames. At least one person a week dies in the Thames. They just throw themselves in, at least one a week. It's just like what we've got in Charles Dickens' time. There's a very famous novel by Charles Dickens which begins with somebody looking for bodies floating in the Thames. And so if you were trying to suspend a corpse from under the bridge, you'd be spotted by the police or um, a tour boat or whatever. So so that murder remains unexplained or that death anyway remains unexplained. Originally the, the British authorities said this was suicide, the family didn't accept it. There was further investigation. So I think it's now shown as an open verdict. In other words, no one is clear as to why this uh, person who was uh, called God's banker, he did the banking for the Vatican through his bank, Banco Abrisiana, which had links with the Masons, which is a Protestant order that you wouldn't expect to find Catholics in. So it all gets very murky indeed. And as I say, I actually went to the crime scene and couldn't work out how on earth he either committed suicide. And besides, he was staying in West London. If you're going to commit suicide, just jump out of the window of your hotel. Don't go all the way into the city of London, to the other side of London, to do it. So for me, it just didn't make sense. And then uh, four years later, another banker with Vatican and Mafia connections also died. So this is Michel Sindona. Uh, He ran uh, another bank, Franklin National Bank, which failed and it collapsed in obscure circumstances and he was poisoned by cyanide while serving a life sentence in an Italian prison. So you're not even safe in prison. (laughs) Surely the uh, Russians didn't do that one? (laughs) Not the Russians. Well, who knows? So 
Cardinal Pell, getting back to Pell, when he was called in to do these financial investigations, he was going into a very dangerous situation because these are people who, uh, you know, have got blood on their hands. And it's an interesting issue. Um, There was another famous figure who got quite a few mentions when all these other criminal investigations were underway. This was Archbishop Paul Markinkus, who died back in 2006, and he was president of the Vatican Bank during all these years of turbulence. By the way, he, he enjoyed diplomatic immunity, so he was never put on trial and spent his life in quiet anonymity at an Arizona golfing resort, a luxury resort. So that's how the Catholics look after their former they cardinals. They ship them off, don't they? They do They're indeed. All around the world, yep. But Markinka said, you can't run the church on Hail Marys. Now, he later said he was misquoted, but I think it's a realistic statement because the Vatican City, the Holy See, as I've said, is an independent sovereign entity, a bit like Australia or New Zealand or the United Kingdom, United States, in international law terms. It has diplomatic relations with 103 countries, so it has it actually has an ambassador here in Australia, etc. That person will be living in, in Melbourne. They'd have also consular officials living here, I should imagine, in, in Sydney. So the Archbishop Markinkus is correct. You can't run the church on Hail Mary's. You do need money. And you obviously you make money out of the tourism, but you also need to have investments, but you also need to have transparency and honesty in doing those investments so you're not moving off to uh, allegedly off to your brothers or putting them through into failed investments in London whereby coincidentally consultants make a lot of money. So all this is, is obviously, you know, going on and it, it, it a lot of people know that it's going on. Well, what happens to them, though? Because they run their own nation. So if this corruption is happening within their own nation, what can anyone really do about it? And that's exactly the problem for Italy and the European money laundering experts because this is a foreign, you're right, it's a foreign country. They have no right to turn up. That's why Cardinal Pell was doing interesting work by saying let's call in a team of outside auditors and let's follow the money. Remember, that's what we used to say in American political scandals, follow the money. Uh, and that's exactly, I don't think Pell would have used that expression. I'm sure he's a grand old statesman of the church, wouldn't use that such uh, common language. But basically, follow the money. And and th- that's why this continues to be a scandal. Meanwhile, you've got all these very loyal Catholics busy putting money in. Now, if the money is spent in Australia, that's fine. But in the case of this other fund, uh, which began a 1,000 years ago, So the Peter's Pence Fund, that goes through to the Vatican for the Pope to give to needy people. And instead, it's being used for financial speculation and balancing the budget. Keith, as always, fascinating. Who would have known this stuff if it wasn't for you? Thank you. This has been Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. It's recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Producer is me, Kate Mack. Production assistance by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. And for more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.